Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Thanks so much for joining us on episode number 92, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. You can check out their no annual fee Visa credit card with a low 9.5% rate. Some restrictions may apply. Learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. Okay, on today's show, we're going to highlight some events in the weekly goodness. We are going to discuss the crowdsourcing booking approach from the historic Everett Theater. We're going to listen to part two of our interview with uh, the city of Everett's economic development director, Dan Ernesty. And we're going to finish things off with another round of Everett Essentials trivia. Ready? Let's do it. Let's take a look at some events happening around Everett from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So, uh, Tyler, what is your Everett event pick of the week? So, let's see. For 2019, I, I'm no longer eating meat. I'm no longer drinking alcohol. And I'm really trying to be mindful. This is like Tyler 2.0 here. <laughs> Next generation. I know. People are probably listening like, yeah, right. No, I really am trying to be more mindful and focus on self-care and things that make me feel good in 2019 so I can be sharp and um, reach for the stars, you know? So on... But you've been doing a great job, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, Sunday, 10 a.m., I'm going to go to Yoga Mosa, but I'm not going to have the mimosa. I'm going to... More like Yoga Nosa? <laughs> <laughs> yoga and maybe some Lacroixa. <laughs> there you go. But I'm going to really try to have some unintentional yoga. Um, <laughs> they just, I was reading uh, <laughs> reading the Yoga Mosa uh, copy on their invite and it said, come for some unintentional yoga. No, it's intentional Some yoga. intentional yoga. And I was kind of wondering what it would be like to go and try to ha- do some unintentional yoga. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to put on like a, you know, like one of those things you put over your eyes when you're trying to fly and keep it dark. And then I'm going to put in some like sens- sensory deprivation, like headphones, so I can't hear anything. And I'm just going to do my own thing. Make sure you wear your best unitard when you go and do that. My best unitard. Yeah. M- I have maybe, so many. I, maybe Henry, you can loan them your, uh, your wrestling unitard. Maybe. Yeah. You know, unitards aren't really something that you share, Garrett. Oh <laughs> yeah. I'll have to spray it down first. <laughs> Gross. How about you, Henry? What's your uh, event pick of the week? Well, hockey's on the event pick or on the weekly goodness, so of course I will be choosing hockey. Um, it's food drive night, Friday, seven thirty-five p.m. It's the Silver Tips versus the Rockets. So if you bring some non-perishable food, you can donate it to local food banks and feel good about yourself. So that's always a nice time. Didn't we do a food drive at the Silver Tips once, Garrett? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We with, did uh, with Lamoureux Real oh, Estate. Yeah. We uh, took, let's see, I think we were handing out flyers at the door, encouraging people to bring canned food with them to the next game. Yeah. And I hate doing stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like everyone, they're they're trying to find their friends or their seats and they don't want some rando handing them flyers. So that's always a hoot. Not just any rando though. Garrett and Tyler from liveinever.com. That was a few years ago. Yeah, that was before we were Z-grade celebrities. (laughs) Also, if I remember correctly, we were standing next to the Bikers Against Child Abuse. <laughs> and honestly, they have a way more compelling message than, hey, bring me a can of food next time you come. For sure. <laughs> That's true. What about you, Garrett? So uh, I'm mixing it up. I'm going with the Wedding Expo. Expo, uh, expo Wait, which did is... you and Esther 
renewing their vows. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just mixing it up. You know, I mean, I got a newborn, so none of these events this week I'm probably actually going to go to, but I know the wedding expo is kind of a big deal. I actually had a friend tell me last week that their fiance was flying home from Germany so they could go to the wedding expo. So it's like, Hey, that's, that's pretty cool. So that is this Saturday, uh, starts at 9:30 AM and that is at angel of the winds arena. So if you're not like me and you are planning to get married, you should probably go to the wedding expo. Sounds fitting. You know, I think I did a bad job at actually saying where Yogamosa was. Oh. Um, I should probably just say it's Sunday morning, 10 a.m., Blue Water Distilling. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> well, that's what we picked out for this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent directly to your inbox every Monday, just go to liveinever.com slash subscribe. All right, so on this week's uh, Life in Everett, we are going to talk about a message that the Historic Everett Theater put out. They want input from the community uh, to help them know what kind of acts we want them to book, right? Yes. So, yeah, it was uh, Linda had shared it with us this morning. She saw in the Everett Herald, there was a note in there. They're looking for suggestions. I believe it's through the end of January and uh, yeah, they, they want they want suggestions from people of, of who you would like to see at the historic Everett Theater. Uh, for reference, it's 800 seats. And uh, so, yeah, Rimmer has it. It's the oldest operating theater this side of the Mississippi. That's right. The backstage is downstairs. It's super cool. There's and a closet full of old fur coats and it may be haunted. Definitely haunted. Definitely haunted. Yeah. yeah. Being in there, definitely haunted. It really is. Like, I think it's worth just taking a minute to say how beautiful that theater is. Like, it really is an outstanding place. I feel like I've been in there dozens of times, and every time I go in, I'm like, damn, this is a cool place. It's a gem, for sure. It is very cool. So, I guess we're going to share what we want to come to the theater. Yeah, I want to hear some ideas of, uh, of what you guys would like to see there. Tyler, what you got? Um, I would really love to see touring podcasts come, um, something like love it or leave it or something from crooked media. That'd be fun. Or criminal or any of those radiotopia shows like 99% invisible. I would love to see something like that in that theater. Have you been to many podcast events? I know we've been to one together. Nope. That's the only one that we've ever gone to, but you Same know, here. it seems to be getting more popular for podcasters to go on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I really want to see is love it or leave it. And mm. that's like, um, John Lovett. He was a speech writer for Obama and he's hilarious. He's a comedian. Hmm. We, we should do a podcast tour of like, you know, select neighborhoods in Everett. We'll come to your like neighborhood association meeting and cut a podcast <laughs> while you watch us. We'll, we'll go take I've a tour always to wanted South to try Everett. to produce some sort of live show for like the Living Everett crew someday when we have more time. Yeah, that that has been kicking around for a while. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but a podcast podcast would be very cool here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Garrett? You know. I don't know nearly as much about music as you guys. Like, so one thing that they did say when they're taking recommendations is, you know, an 800 seat theater, like obviously some like world-class superstar, like, you know, Justin Bieber or, you know, somebody like they're not going to come play an 800 seat theater. Well, of course not. And, And so I guess on one hand, I think of like bigger bands that might not be realistic. And then I think of like local bands that it's like, oh, well, they're already doing local shows and they probably don't need 
800 person theaters. But one thing I have always thought would be cool for the historic Everett theater to do is to just play like throwback movies, like all the time. Like maybe it's just a daytime thing and then there's different events at night, but I've always thought it'd be fun. You know, if it's just like two or three bucks for like these matinee, um, you know, maybe they came out last year or maybe they're from like the eighties, Totally. but I, I love those kind of second run movie theaters. So like the, fun. like the crest and shoreline. Yeah, something like that I think would be cool. I love the crest and shoreline. I really like now, that's a a great idea. I would love to see more movies at the Historic Everett Theater because now there's, uh, I forgot who does it. I think it's Fathom Events or something like that. And they'll bring, they'll just do like a, like a Miyazaki week where you can like go to, they'll, they'll just show Miyazaki films in all these different theaters and you can go and watch them. It's cool because you get to see like My Neighbor Totoro on the big screen and like beautiful animation. Um, I saw some like Sailor Moon movies like that that I never thought I would ever see in the theater. You get to go see it and like fully restored and all that stuff. So like if they could get in and do something like that and have animation nights, like go see Akira or something like that, you know, just have it be something really cool or like Blade Runner or Jaws, Star Wars, all these big budget 80s films. Yeah. That that, that we didn't get a chance to see in the theater when we were kids would be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. How about you, Henry? What are your ideas? Uh, Well, we were talking about this at the meeting this morning, and of course I'm like, oh, well, what bands could come here? And you brought up a really good point Tyler is that the historic ever theater is going to have to deal directly with Seattle as we as we all do right in the music scene it's like do we do you play Everett do you play Seattle most bands are going to go play Seattle totally and it's the same thing that Everett Music Initiative had the same challenge they have baked into what they're trying to do right exactly um so I you know I would love to see some some musical acts that our generation would enjoy for the lack of a better word, like, like come up here and maybe it's, you know, bands like, like, like a newfound glory or like an MXPX, oh, like something like that, like a, like a throwback to like our youth, you know? Yeah. 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 Like I know that one of your favorite bands, the anniversary did like a 10 year anniversary yeah, yeah, tour, yeah, yeah. like the get up kids did one Seeing something, like, yeah. something like that would be a lot of fun because it's just adding an extra date for those bands that are already like, it's like a vacation for them anyway. They're not really yeah. grinding it out or hustling. They're just doing it for fun. I think with the, I think with the um, fact that it's like mostly seating there, you can't really stand to see a show. Really, to me, mm. um, determines the type of music that you want to see there. I saw Joanna Newsom at the Paramount, and I had like far back seats for it. But it was totally the kind of show that I'd want to sit and really pay attention to. Right, and that makes me think about. You know, Joanna needs someone to be too big, but who are some other acts that are like virtuosos on an instrument that it would just be remarkable to watch them play like Khaki King. Uh, mm-hmm. She was just here and she played the Ed- Edmonds um, Cascadia Art Museum, which is like a pretty small place for Khaki King. When last time I saw her, it was at the, um, I think the Neptune in Seattle, you know, but things like that. People who are just virtuosos that you just really want to sit them and watch them. Joe Satriani, dude. <laughs> you know, someone who I really enjoyed that uh, back when EMI used to put on the galas, galas. Yeah. And um, they had that one at the mansion a few years back with Damien Gerardo. Oh, yeah. And yeah I don't Damien know like, how big it? of yeah. audiences he pulls, but I really enjoyed seeing him live and I'd love to see him again. Yeah. Things that are a little bit more introspective where you really want to pay attention to the content of the music too, like David Bazan would be amazing. Um, I think one thing that Everett has that's like 
I feel like for people like Damien Girado and David Bazan, these Seattle acts who, I don't know, been there, done that with Seattle and have probably been there, done that with um, Bellingham to some degree. Everett is a great sort of middle ground between Bellingham and Everett. So you can draw your Seattle fans and draw your Bellingham fans and play a different city. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cool to, to see the historic Everett theater kind of hook up with, um, with like Seattle theater group, something like that to kind of oh, help yeah. bring in acts to Everett, you know, have them act as a, as a middleman basically to, to bring acts up here. I, I'm sure that angel of the winds has the same exact problem. Like that mm-hmm. arena, like, uh, you know, the Backstreet Boys are coming, but how, like, what else is going on in Seattle to where the Backstreet Boys couldn't book there? It was yeah. my first thought, which is a sad thought to have. Hmm. Um, you know, we have a 10,000 seat arena. We have an 800 seat theater. Should be getting more, you know, more substance here rather than just like the random one-off concerts that happen every once yeah. in a while for both. Um, I will say, though, that I would love to see less cover bands and tribute bands for sure totally <laughs> there's a I, whole lot of them i was thinking about that same thing like generally i i feel that way too and um when you had mentioned like seeing the kind of throwback bands to when we were teenagers it started i made me really sort of empathize for like the the people who are older than us that you know cover bands are just a way for them to sort of relive fond memories right and but i'm with you i hate cover bands for the record there isn't a single cover band that I like. <laughs> it's just, it's You're just not cer- old enough yet. You know, it's a certain world that if you get into it as a musician, will make you a whole lot of money. So I can see why people do it. But as a, as a, as a creator of music and as a person who sits and listens to music all of the time, I would much rather go see the real thing than, than a cover band. But sometimes you just can't. I do feel like generationally know? we're not, we don't really go to shows to dance. And I feel like the generations before us really like to dance hmm. and I don't know that I want to say this generational right it might just be like the crowds that I roll around in but I feel like people that go see cover bands want to go have a few drinks and dance and have a good time and nothing wrong with that no not at all not we just want to post pictures to Instagram so yeah I just want to <laughs> I just want to see Phil Elvern play and sing songs about his dead wife and be really sad and uh it's like yeah that's what I want more of <laughs> I'm glad Phil's doing, doing better these days yeah though. I, I would um, just real quick, two other categories that I think would be cool to see there is author speaking. You know, yes. the library already does a great job with that, but also other speaker series like a TEDx type like event a TEDx. Yeah, would be pretty be, sweet. That'd be awesome there. So all kinds of potential. Anything else you guys want to add before we move on here? You know, there's a lot of like pretty cool cookbook authors. I feel like there is a like a renaissance of like young hip cookbook authors that are like Allison Roman and stuff like that some of these chefs that are doing book tours, it would be cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Author. Yeah. Yeah. Like I an like Allison Roman, like sort of like if she could give a talk and a cooking demonstration and then there was some sort of way to like eat some of the food, like it was like a dinner thing too. That would be pretty cool. So as you're driving in your car right now, listening to this and you're like, no, but what about this? Here's what to do with that idea. Give the historic Everett theater a call four, two, five, two, five, eight, six, seven, six, six, once again, that's 425-258-6766. Give them a call with your suggestions, and uh, yeah, we'll see what fun stuff they come up with. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next segment. <laughs> 
So last week, we listened to part one of a two-part series with uh, Dan Ernesty, who's the City of Everett Economic Development Director. Uh, he spoke at length about kind of his vision and future of Everett, and it was very interesting. So interesting, in fact, that I didn't really want to edit it too much, so we turned it into a two-part interview, and here's part two right now. One thing I, I think about is, and maybe I want your advice or just input on how you think about this is, you know, as a resident, I want more amenities. I want better quality of life and all of these things, but I also want to balance making sure that housing is affordable enough for, and it, we don't gentrify to the point of where people get displaced, you know? So what is the like way of thinking within economic development of balancing those two? Yeah. So it's a, I, it's a tough balancing act and, and really I am, I'll say this simplistically and please don't send me hate mail, but you know, I'm, I'm hired basically to gentrify. Create, yeah, <laughs> yeah. To create I get it. I get it. a more robust economy. Sure. Um, and, and obviously a property owner typically is never displaced. Yeah. Um, it, it's those who are in the rental situation that, that really are suffer suffer the most, I think, in gentrification because yeah. property owners may be displaced, but they they get a nice tidy sum on as a going mm-hmm. away present, you know, mm-hmm. as they sell yeah. in an upmarket. But but it's those who you know whose rents go up and and or people who have rented for years and can't buy. Exactly, we that a lot. exactly. Yeah. So um, obviously, um, that is something that's not a loss to me. Um, we're I'm on I'm on uh, a kind of a three um, three department department um, with planning and community services mm-hmm. and um, economic development is is just one of those pieces and and it's really for a city to be sustainable you need all those things going on together sure. and so um, it's something like for instance I was talking about the web triangle earlier and. There are some tools. Um, I think one of the things, like for instance, along Casino Road, if if there's a housing authority, I mean the Everett Housing Authority, for example, or or there are other uh, nonprofits that own uh, subsidized housing, um, if they can be encouraged to purchase along a Casino Road, for example, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily purchase everything, but they purchase enough product mm-hmm. that they can maintain. Uh, the rents as is, um, mm-hmm. and the market forces basically don't affect those mm-hmm. um, those agencies, and so that's that's a good way to attract those kind of players in the market, just to be able to uh, to balance that. Um, when I was in Shoreline, there's a huge complex. Um, it's about 480 uh, units called Ballinger Commons, and if uh, you, if you ever drive down to Ed- Edmonds, you go by yeah, it, and yeah. it's got like flags and and uh pond king county housing authority just bought that Mm. um and they did it for that very reason not to lower the rents but just to maintain the rents because they saw the handwriting on the wall and they wanted to have uh, those kind of that kind of product in that market um, where a couple light rail stations are coming Mm. with something like a web triangle that could you know really affect the casino road area and the, the neighborhoods around there's is there a plan for um, community engagement and ways mm-hmm. to like get feedback from people? Yeah, we definitely we definitely are um, 
already started on that in a I if you were to read my um, economic development uh, plan it, it talks about that as the very first thing is is public engagement but um, I would say the engagement is as much with the business owners as it is with the residents mm -hmm. in that area um, and not just um, the existing but also future um, you know the ones we want to attract and what are you looking for and and how can we be zoning and so forth um, for example and that one light rail station that I mentioned that was going to be across from Boeing I think you know that could very easily be a, a small little office um, you know 10 12 story office mm. um, village right there and uh, but right now we don't have those those people, the people that are working right there right now are working in big warehouses and, and, you know, maybe just a couple people per thousand feet where offices, you know, you have very dense, uh, employment. So we'd have to attract those people and where they come from, you know, maybe they come from San Francisco, um, because we have now pain field. Direct flights, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. will that allow us to, uh, attract some, some companies from the Bay area or from LA or wherever, that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, so that'll, that'll be a really interesting thing. Again, light rail doesn't get there for almost 20 years. So mm -hmm. this is way advanced, but just to kind of get the character and the flavor, that's what we'll be talking to the public about and, and say, you know, what if we, it, to me, it seems like that makes sense there. You put a lot of job center employment stuff right by the Boeing job center employment. And then the one by Kmart, which has, within walking distance, four or five different schools, um, that's where you put a lot of residents. That's where you put a lot of the, more of the retail and the amenities. Um, and so the zoning reflects that change, but you know, that's just my idea. It's not really Everett's idea yet. So that needs to be fleshed out through public process. Yeah. I'm curious as you've been getting to know Everett over the last six months and meeting with uh, various different people, what you've kind of been hearing from the citizens of Everett? Um, well, I, I think there's general, uh, generally a lot of optimism. I think that people feel like Everett's been a hidden gem, that uh, it's had some ups and downs in the past. Um, in the past 10 years, it's been generally on an upswing and that there's a sense that um, the best the best years are are kind of right around the corner, um, and, and obviously that's not everybody I've talked to has said exactly that. Yeah, but, sure. But that's been a common thread that I've heard over and over again. Um, uh, that's a that's a that's a big question. So uh, that's that's I think. That's the best. I, I, like I said before, people really are invested in Everett that mm -hmm. are here, the people that I've talked to generally, you know, and, and um, that's been encouraging. They really feel that um, they are shaping a city. And, and if I were to tell anybody from outside of Everett, uh, you, I know you guys deal with, with people um, both inside and outside, but those who are looking in from the outside, I would say Everett is a city that you could actually have an, have an influence on how healthy or what 
what it looks like in 20 years. Totally. Um, and that, I don't think that's the case for, for a lot of cities. Um, and the sky is basically the limit here. Um, there's, there's other cities that are, you know, basically suburban wide spots in the road. Um, you know, I don't want to poo poo my nose down, but Everett's a real city mm-hmm. and it could, it can be anything that you want it to be. And you can actually influence what goes on here because we're so excited. I mean, you can see people like me and the mayor and Everett easily. It's very difficult to do that in the city of Seattle where I live. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's so true. And I feel like that's probably the reason I decided to stay in Everett because I w- intended to move to Seattle. And, you know, I know that like this, I, this maker spirit is sort of everyone wants to claim the maker spirit, but I feel like Everett really can own that, that maker spirit. You know what I mean? Like you can make it here in Everett. You can make Everett, uh, what you want it to be, you know, you can mold it and have an influence and get involved. It's still small enough and, uh, soft enough to where you can become part, part of that. But you can, you can make your life here. You can make your business here. We make some of the best things in the world here. I do think that is really true about the spirit of Everett. Yeah. And it, and it's, I, I really affirm that. And, and while I think I came in and I was thinking it was going to be very heavy on manufacturing. I found that to be not necessarily um, the ethos that a lot of people have. Yeah. But that sense of making something of your world. Yep. Is the ethos totally. Uh, so it's it's not so much like yeah blue collar working in a factory kind of thing. Uh, although there certainly is that. But if you've ever been to a Boeing factory, you know that's so sophisticated sure. <laughs> you yeah, know that totally. just told, sets the the stereotypes on on their head um but but it it is that that sense of it still is a f- almost a frontier um a frontier city uh, sure yeah i like and that so um yeah I, I mean and as sophisticated as as you want it to be um we we recently i, I this is maybe more than you want right now, but Greater Seattle Partners is a new venture that Christine Gregoire helped launch through mm-hmm. a program called Challenge Seattle. And, and the general gist of it is an economic development thing that we, we can't market Tacoma and Seattle and Everett independently in Bellevue. They need to be marketed together to the outside world. And so putting this whole region as a region before... Um, before people is important and this is just getting off the ground they've hired a ceo in the last summer um and one of the first things they're doing is trying to do a strategic plan and and uh, they hired a consultant to come up here who's a corporate location scout and he was obviously aware of boeing um when he came in but we sat down with him with funko and they were talking about how they you know how they can once they went public, they now have the pick of the litter from the Bay Area, from L.A. They're getting people directly from Pixar, from Disney. Mm. He sat, you know, he did tours with the Economic Alliance people of Snohomish County and went to the port and he went to different things. And he was, he was, <laughs> it was pretty fun because he was just stunned by the diversity, by the beauty, by the, um, 
by the opportunity that was here. Um, and, uh, you know, Boeing, I think, stunned him, too, because I, I think he had an idea. He had been to Renton in years past and seen that factory. But to see Renton versus Everett is, you know, it's like the I, it's nothing against Renton, but, you know, it's kind of the JV <laughs> versus the varsity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's weird. It's just so much more robust hmm. here. So, uh, um, uh, so anyway, yeah, that was, that was exciting to see from an outsider's, a very sophisticated outsider's viewpoint. Hmm. Do you feel like citizens of Everett that you spoke to, um, do you feel like they're optimistic of the future? Cause I feel like we, you know, we talk a lot to a lot of people on the podcast right. and everybody does say that, that, you know, Everett, you can make it here, you can make your business here, you can do whatever you want. But I feel like a lot of people that we talk to are afraid of losing the character of the city just because, you know, like yeah, right, right. right down the street, Seattle and Amazon has kind of like, you know, mm. washed the city of, of what made Seattle so cool yeah. even like 10 years ago. So I was wondering if those were concerns that you were, you were hearing at all. Yeah, I guess I, I, I totally, I totally have heard that. Um, I wouldn't say that that was the, uh, as universal as, as the optimism. Right. Sometimes um, I feel like we live in a, in a live in Everett bubble sometimes. Yeah, so right, right, right. And, well, and there, and there is a, I, I think there's always just a, a fear of change. Totally. Um, and you know, the, the old times weren't necessarily near as good as we sometimes, what, what's the John Mellencamp line that we, um, forget about the last losses and we exaggerate the wins. Um, mm. and we, we do that w over time. Um, I mean, I grew up in Des Moines, which is, you know, basically South Seattle, um, getting close to Tacoma and, you know, I've spent my whole life in the Seattle area and I don't think there's any more exciting time to be in Seattle than right now. Um, I, I don't think it's ever been as, interesting it's it's never been as as fun and when i say seattle i mean the the whole puget sound region mm. and um the fact is you can't stop time and it will change um it's just what you make of that and and how you how you go forward with it and uh that's that's why i'm i think if if ever it just tries to like build a wall around itself and be insular it will ultimately um, not have the energy that it needs to to shape its own future right for sure but um, yeah I'm just thinking about kind of learning from what Seattle did at least in terms of because mm -hmm. we have a very large arts community here right Tyler plays music I play music Sierra in the office plays music Richard does too um, you know you can't like go up the street without running into an artist or a musician right, or right, something right. like that and I feel like Seattle has kind of lost that kind of artist spirit if you look at like Capitol Hill 10 years ago and Capitol Hill right. now it's vastly different mm -hmm. so that's why I brought that up yeah, yeah just yeah. in terms of like that's why I said like we live in a live in Everett bubble because we do talk to a lot of artists and we are artists ourselves well so. just from a just from a real estate development standpoint um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of encouragement um, it'll be different having light rail at the end of the line than it will be having being in the middle of the line where you can get to everywhere and 
because of Capitol's Hills proximity to downtown to South Lake Union and to light rail that goes in, you know, north, south and east doesn't go west yet. Um, it makes that property so valuable right. that the pressure on those properties was just I if there was ever a place that was going to strongly, strongly gentrify and be unaffordable, that would you know, that was kind of the area that that was predictably there. I never um, even thought about how big of an impact light rail would have. Yeah, and it, it just That's kind of insane to me. Yeah, <laughs> but and, it makes sense. And what it did was I mean, really it's not like a bunch of people like us sitting around and say, Hey, let's build an apartment building. It's it's billion dollar um, funds of real estate uh, investment trusts that are oftentimes publicly traded or uh, insurance companies with billions of dollars of assets that, that they have to place. And they're looking at the whole world and they're saying, where can we get a predictable four or 5% return? That's all they're looking for. And they had decided in the last decade that Seattle is one of those cities, along with Boston and Washington, D.C. and San Francisco and L.A. And they've gone hard on mm. on just investing. And right. so we've attracted literally hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to to the Seattle market. Now, that all those funds, they're not as interested in Everett. They're not even as interested in Shoreline. Because Everett will be at the end of the line. Well, and it's just it's too far out. I mean, honestly, I, I I mean, Shoreline, you know, is basically on the Seattle border, and I could not get that money up, up to Shoreline. Mm -hmm. um, they they want to be, they want to have uh, the 50-yard line seat sure. in, in, in the thing. So they want to be on Capitol Hill. They want to be in South Lake Union. They want to be in the downtown core. Even sure. the ID, the International District, is a little bit outside the box for them. Mm -hmm. Certainly the Rainier Valley is outside the box for them. So by the time you get to Everett, um, you know, we really, we really need to build our economy around what we have and the jobs we have. Mm -hmm. I, you know, my hope is that the people who are working in Everett are living in Everett and really investing there. And, and they're not living in Mill Creek and, and Lake Stevens and Snohomish in the future. You know, mm -hmm. that's where my generation, you know, I'm, you can't see me on podcasts, I guess, but I'm 57 and, you know, there's a lot of Boeing employees who are my age basically are going to retire yeah. in a little while. And we all decided to live in the suburbs, you know, and then commute to work. And my hope is that when we retire and we're backfilled with the, you, you, the young women and men, who fill those positions that Everett is a super exciting place for them to live and they want to live in downtown Everett. They want to grow their kids through our public school system, which is fantastic. They want to, you know, get involved in our institutions and they, and they don't want to go across the, the trestle, mm -hmm. you know, they, why would you, why would you kill yourself with that when I can ride a bike to work? You know, I, it just, it, it just makes so much sense. So, you know, that's, that's how I visualize it, the thing going forward. And so those light rail stations for Everett will be bringing people to Everett to work. They won't be people in Everett, you know, dying to go to South Lake Union. Right. Um, that, that'll never be that 
awesome of a commute. <laughs> It'll always be a long, long commute. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, that's, that's how I, I picture it. We'll be bringing people from Linwood and from Shoreline and from, you know, places, places south to come here to work in, in the, around the station area in downtown and around Boeing. A, a lot of those, you know, probably easily see a hundred thousand jobs right there at that one Boeing light rail station. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Dan. Really appreciate your time. Um, my pleasure. Yeah, did you have anything else, Tyler? Uh, no, I guess my, the, well, the last thing that I have would just to be asked Dan, if yeah. he had any final, final things. To oh, leave. I just, you guys know that one of my, maybe my first appointment or one of my first appointments I set was with you guys. I just love what you're doing. I, I, when I discovered your your website and and now your podcasts, I, I just couldn't um, applaud you more. Thank you very much for all you've invested in Everett. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bid your furnace farewell. Swap your old dog-tired electric furnace for a new efficient heat pump. For a limited time, get enhanced rebates up to $2,000. Heat pumps can reduce your heating costs by up to 50%. Plus, they provide efficient cooling for the summer. Get started at snopud.com slash heating. Alrighty, it is time for Everett Trivia. We're running down Everett Essential Questions from the city of Everett. Let's get started this week two. I hope I win. I'm excited. Here we go, boys. All right. Which is not an official city of Everett neighborhood association? Valley View, Harborview, Seahurst, Glen Haven, Lowell, Eastmont, or Westmont, which is not an official City of Everett Neighborhood Association. Need me to read these to you again? I'm good. I'm All just right. guessing. I'm just guessing. Tyler's guessing. I'm 99% confident. Oh, okay. here we go. Eastmont. Eastmont. Eastmont's correct. Yes. Uh, Eastmont is uh, unincorporated. Unincorporated baby. Everett. Which of these is not a function of the city? Health District, Everett Housing Authority electric services, trash and recycling services, or all of the above, which is not a function of the city. One more time, please. Health district, Everett Housing Authority, electric services, trash and recycling services, or all of the above, which of these is not a function. Gosh, this is a little tricky. Ooh, I could really see it. Thinking. I could see it playing out a couple different ways. I um, know what the answer is. I'm I'm just gonna pick one. Here we go. It's all of the above. I said electric, but I almost said all of the above. It's all of the above. I had a feeling Garrett's got to leave town now. Rubatino is garbage. Yep. Right, uh, but uh, but a function of the city because I believe Rubatino like directly contracts through the city. Like, I think the city is, like, required to provide a garbage service. Yeah, it's a confusing question. So, the well, the they, city of Everett wrote this, so you're going to have to yeah, take it up. Well, yeah, no, I'm not, saying I, email. I'm not saying I disagree <laughs> with it. I'm just saying why it's I wasn't a confusing question. confident. I just, yeah, but, the uh, word function is what throws you off there. Kudos to Tyler. Well, here's a hopefully <laughs> somewhat easy one. <laughs> you got me. True or false, Mayor Cassie Franklin who will be interviewing later this month, which is kind of cool. Yeah. There's a little tease for you. Mayor Cassie Franklin is the first elected female mayor for the city of Everett. Is that true or false? She is the first elected female mayor for the city of Everett. I saw her on the street true. once, and it looked true. like a bum, and I felt really bad about it. It is true. 
Did she recognize you? She looked at me like she did. And I was just like, oh, boy. I would look just disgusting. I was going to get coffee, and I was just like half dead. Oh, man. I'm sorry about "Eh." that. Anyway, we both answered true before. And you both got it correct. uh, Speaking of um, the mayor and looking disgusting, um, (laughs) I don't even remember what the hell I was going to say. I had a point about what you were saying. I I have more to say about that, actually, because last time I saw her was on Halloween and I was dressed up like a nerd <laughs> and her and her daughter walked past me and I was, So you just and, dressed like yourself? Exactly. Oh. But don't, shh, never heard that one before. I know, right? Um, and uh, I said hi to her when she walked by. I was like, I wonder if she recognized me. I was pretty weird looking. I was at the uh, Cocoon House Silk Auction and I know that she's not running Cocoon House anymore, but during the auction, they had just done their fun and eating. They had raised a ton of money. And I saw her. I was like walking out to the bathroom or something. And I saw her and I went up to her and I said, congratulations. And then she was like really nice about it. But, you know, I was like so used to her being the CEO of Cocoon House. I congratulated her for Cocoon House raising all this money. And she's probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> well, you smoked me again at Trivia, Tyler. Dagnabbit. I didn't, I didn't smoke you. I just beat you by one. No, well... Out of three, so I guess that is 33%. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big lead. Out of of six. That was the first wrong question. Oh. That's true. I broke my streak. It's okay. Start a new streak next week. There we go. You can help support Live and Everett with a donation to our Patreon. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this podcast about the good things in Everett every single week. If you want to know more, you can head over to patreon.com slash live in Everett to donate today and help support Live in Everett. Thank you so much for hanging out on the Live in Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can. Podcast at liveineverett.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. Please leave us a voicemail. I just want more people to leave voicemails. 425-341. Please leave us <laughs> you gotta wait for, for me to finish the number here tige four four two five three four one three seven three one it is a lot of fun playing those on the air and and discussing that with with uh with you so yeah uh, we want to hear from you you're living in everett just as much as we're living in everett so four two five three four one three seven three one do it meow Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to all of Ralph Army for our theme music, uh, to our producer, Henry J., and to uh, Dan Ernesty again for uh, joining us for the interview. And if you do leave us a voicemail, what I'm really curious about is where can you get a good breakfast burrito in Everett? Please call. Good things happen in Everett because of you. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week. This is why we're Everett till the grave.